guys and gals, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Ink. Uh, this time, obviously the background is a little bit different. I am coming to you from Dallas, Texas, and I'm guest spotting at uh, world famous Dallas Tattoo and Arts Company, um, located in Dallas. Imagine that, right? Yeah. Uh, today I've got Josh Pierce, and it's a very good, he's got a very great story. Um, so I'm sure we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna. Yeah. We're gonna. Well, I do my best to be interesting. Yeah. You know. And I've uh, really accomplished that. You really accomplished that of being interesting. Um, we're working on a scar tissue cover-up, biomechanical. Uh, Revealing my replaced shoulder. That's right. Yeah. He had a shoulder replacement. It was a full. Yeah, a reverse shoulder replacement on the left side. So instead of the humeral head being where it should be, that's where the socket is, and the socket's where the humeral head should be. So yeah, it's very, reversed. Very interesting. How's it? Does it get like issues when you're? Uh, I don't have the best range of motion. <laughs> Partially, that's just because I didn't do enough rehab because I was more worried about dying. Uh, but yeah. yeah. But I digress. Let's let's take it back just a little bit um, and pretty much talk about what this tattoo means as far as how did it come about? Like what, when you were thinking about this, you were thinking about it for a few years, right? I mean, oh, like a decade or more. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the thought process behind it, like I, I really loved the biomech uh, designs. I, I would like, I would just see them and just, I would start to save biomech designs wherever I would find them. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it would be a good idea to incorporate, I mean, I've got the replaced shoulder, I might as well show it off. Right. Uh, I, it's, you know, I did a pretty good amount of rehab and happened to get it put in. If it's not being seen, then what's the fun in that? Exactly. Uh, so I, I kind of, yeah, tried to incorporate some of my history with the biomech design. Okay, and so how did you get to this this spot as far as where you are now? What uh, what led you up to here, or what was the whole circumstance behind? Like the inciting incident of everything? Yes. The inciting incident. Okay, uh, I was a senior in high school. I mm -hmm. turned 18 in August of 2002, and uh, about September, was the first month of class. I thought I was just really out of shape. I had a first period bowling class. First and period bowling class? Bowling, yeah, to give rid of my athletic credit. And <laughs> so bowling. like I took bowling. Yeah. Uh, and I was like exhausted and sweaty. I was like six foot four to 85. Oh geez. So wow. I'm a big guy. Yeah. And, uh, but like I thought I was just massively out of shape because I was, uh, like drenched in sweat by the time I was done. And my second period class was on the third floor of a walk-up building. And so by the time I got to the top, I, you know, my head was on my desk and I was basically passing out. And so I would get these massive headaches and the only way they would go away is if I just like laid down and did nothing. Yeah. And so finally, uh, my mom's like, fine, we'll go to the doctor, whatever. No one believed me really. Uh, that, that, that there was actually like something going wrong. Something wrong. They're just uh, kind of like, suck it up. You'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, basically. Well, I didn't like waking up in the morning for classes anyway. So 
it, so uh, you're not a morning person. I kind of fed into the, yeah, so that didn't help. But uh, it was the first time I got my blood taken, uh-huh. and it took them like a week to come back. But when they came back, I was like, uh, I was I was more in a court, court low. I was I, I needed like four bags of blood over oh, like three days. Damn. Yeah, it was a. I was extremely anemic. I was, like. I was probably maybe halfway what you're supposed to have, considering your red blood count. Yeah. And so they didn't know what the hell was going on. And so because I had taken an antibiotic earlier in the month, they were worried that that was causing my bone marrow to be suppressed. Yeah. And so they, when they finally got around to doing a bone marrow test, they wouldn't give me any pain medication. So I did so a, you had to have the a bone marrow biopsy where they literally jam it in you. Yeah, right into your bone and take out a sample of your bone marrow and uh, did it with no pain medication or anything after, not even Tylenol. Uh, and so that was a blast. Nice. But it came back as myelofibrosis, which is a type of, they call it a type of leukemia, at least my doctors did. Uh-huh. But uh, basically... My bone marrow had been scarred to the point where it wouldn't produce red blood cells. Okay. And red blood cells are what take the oxygen around your body. So it made sense that I was constantly exhausted. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So at least things started to add up. So how old are you when they di- finally diagnosed you? I, I This all happened like super fast. So it, I was... 17? I was 18, 18. when I got diagnosed. And... Uh, then started to go downhill fast. So I was needing like two bags of blood every two to three weeks. And by December of 2002, I was needing like three to four bags a week. Oh, damn. So I was progressing really fast. Myelofibrosis is normally like a chronic thing that like can be managed. Okay. And so mine was just, it was acute. It was very bad, very quick. They don't really consider it like life-threatening per se or Uh, in the beginning? Not at the, especially not in the beginning, and also you're, I was really rare. It's not a common disease to begin with, and the population who's normally diagnosed with it, like 90% or more, mm-hmm. are over the age of 50. Oh, sh- So I'm 18, <laughs> and I've got a disease that's... An old, yeah, older an old person, yeah. Yeah, so like I, my joke is I liked history, politics, religion yeah. when I was 14 years old. So I was an old soul in a young body, and someone told my body. So it gave Some, me a bunch of old diseases. Oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's the way I rationalize it in my head, at least. Yeah. Because you have to do something. Uh, so... What did your parents think when, like... Uh, so when they... the worst. They, 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 yeah, they... Uh, it wasn't a happy time. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were probably like, hey, good job, son. Yeah, You're exactly. an overachiever. Well, yeah, I tried to be interesting. Like, my doctors would always, my mom was, like, talking to one of my doctors once, and she's like, I'm sorry, all right, I'm sorry uh, Josh is so difficult, and and my doctor's like, he's not difficult. He's a wonderful patient. It's just, he's got, it's always an interesting case, because it's (laughs) never normal. So nothing I get is supposed to happen. Yeah. Thank you. And so we have to, yeah, like I said, I try to be interesting, and I was really good at being interesting for doctors. 
that my case was the most challenging hematological patient they had ever had. And one of the doctors in his group was like one of the first to do bone marrow transplants. So And so he was the he was the one questioning or saying like he Yeah, this kid's fucked. Yeah, basically. <laughs> for the most part, yeah. 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 But like when they the first thing they do is they test your siblings okay. to see if they're a match uh, for a stem cell transplant. And And you have I have two siblings. two siblings. I've got a younger brother and a younger sister. Okay. And I really enjoyed the fact that my brother did not like getting his blood taken at all. <laughs> so I've, after being stuck and stabbed and prodded, getting, and, yeah, yeah, I took enjoyment in that. Um, but uh, <laughs> when he when he sees this, he's gonna be like, "Oh hey, yeah. fuck you, pal." Yeah, basically. <laughs> Hi, Joel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. My sister was a champ about it, but uh, yeah, he well, was a she baby. she likes needles. She does like needles. She's She's got a lot of tattoos. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, but, so, the, the the counselor basically took us and came out in the waiting room and tells my, my mother and my father that uh, neither of his siblings are a match. So, basically, she's telling them, like, we don't know what's going to happen. He might die. You're and they're like, die. doing <laughs> this in the waiting room. And so my mother breaks down just, and just starts bawling. Uh, and my dad just like looks and just like, why are you doing this out here? Take us back into the office. Yeah, and, could she have a little more tact? Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of empathy, maybe. Yeah. Maybe just a little. Uh, Most doctors don't. It's really it's, crazy. And this was a counselor, so it's not even a doctor. Oh, so shit. it was like... That's your job is to be like the patient the care person. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they they went in and started doing world or countrywide searches to find a donor. Yeah. Nothing really came back. They but I was going downhill so fast that they were ready to go with ninety percent tissue type matches. So just something to keep you alive, basically. It's yeah. That was kind of that like point. that was the stopgap. It's there would more they don't want to do it because more than likely there will be more issues after where your body's trying to reject it yeah but they gave it another week and they just providence so the hand of god i they found a 100% digital match 100% match and uh yeah so <laughs> like they took me in right away and we started on the Massively high dose chemotherapy and yeah, did you lose all your hair, everything? Yeah, all my hair and like I got like conscious about it. like I started like because I would always touch my eyebrows and start pulling on them and like so they were all falling out, like oh, everything was falling out. What about ball hairs? Same yeah, thing? yeah. I I don't even remember because <laughs> I like at that point like it was the last thing you're worried about. Absolutely, the last thing I'm worried about. It's pretty about. fucking funny, dude. You're like, oh yeah. my god, reverse puberty. Yeah, basically. Just ball hairs falling Like this off. just happened like a couple years ago, and now it's just reversing. Yeah. Yeah. You see a girlfriend. Yeah. Babe. <laughs> so they they put me in. Uh, one of the my favorite things is the first day they put me in, my friend brought a poster, and uh-huh. it had like all these idyllic scenes of like islands and beautiful water something just something to focus on right yeah Yeah. but my doctor had mentioned that like he thought that uh young men heal faster if they have scantily clad women to look at of course so on the other side it had like maxim uh cutouts and yeah (laughs) victoria's secret but my friend was putting it on the wall and it fell 
and it hit the code blue the first day I'm on oh, the unit. Oh, damn. So all the nurses run into my room. Yes. As my friend is just like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And their, general, their adrenaline is oh, it jacked hits. when a code blue goes off. The nurse that was my nurse that night was like, she was on the ICU side of bon the bone unit, and she was, they told me he was okay. They told me he was not, that there wasn't anything wrong. And, and so, then you, yeah. And then you, then, you then code? I, yeah, <laughs> I introduced myself in a very, not a good way. Right. So it's like I'm introducing myself to all these people who are going to be stabbing me repeatedly <laughs> and taking me to the edge of death, and I just pissed them all off. Yeah. Hey, hi. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm your patient yeah. who's going to piss you off so, right away. Yeah. Like, you do the high-dose chemotherapy for a week. It kills off your bone marrow. You go to, like, zero immune system. Because chemo just basically kills you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, there's a reason why they don't give it to you for the common cold. It's yeah. pretty toxic stuff. Uh, it is, it's not, it's not good. Um, and they're giving me pretty much the highest dose they can. Jeebus. So they then infuse, it's a very anticlimactic, uh, organ transplant. You think of an organ transplant and you're thinking like pager, like, yeah. the doctor's called, you running have to rush with the, to the hospital. Yeah, with the igloo and you know, you yeah. got to back out of the way. It's, I got a fucking ice box exactly. and it has <laughs> And that's just not what it is. It's, it, it's very... <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it, yeah, it's kind of depressing. You're like, I wanted some of that excitement, but all the excitement came later. But it's yeah. just like they literally hang a bag of stem cells and it infuses into your body like a. It's like a blood transfusion yeah. or just anything. Yeah. Like if you're giving blood, it's basically the reverse process. That's, That's pretty much it. Uh, but the the next day, you wake up with 105 fever oh, and shit. you can't move and your body is fighting off these foreign objects that have yeah. just been infused. Yeah. So I got my, my stem cell transplant and was in for a couple more weeks. My my alive day, my my second birthday is December nineteenth of cool. two thousand two. So like that's can't ever forget that. And was out of there within like the first couple weeks of January. So and this is naturally, this is my senior year of yeah, high school. Yeah, so you got a shit ton planned. Yeah. You got all kinds of like things the, going on. So as they're weaning me off of the medications that they, the steroids that they give you to keep your body from rejecting the, the trans, the new stem cells. Yeah. Um, they finally get me down to zero, and so, which is a of a process where you're just constantly you're nauseous and vomiting all the time and it's just not fun and uh yeah it's, it's overall out. not the best time and but so two weeks two weeks before i'm set to walk the stage of graduation i'm going to do the one normal thing yes my senior year of high school yes and because did you you weren't able to go to prom no no prom no, no formals no no, no homecoming that nothing sucks. yeah so this is the one normal thing I'm going to get to do. And two weeks before, my platelets crash out of nowhere. Oh, shit. I have to be put back into the hospital. 
They have to jack up the anti-rejection drugs to a hell of a lot twice a day. So did they think you were just rejecting everything and just that was that? They didn't have a fucking clue. Wow. There was no idea what was going on. So basically, it was literally throw everything against the wall yeah. and hope something sticks yep. because they just didn't know what was going on. Yep. And which is... Uh, yeah, it's a very... Which is modern medicine. Yeah, basically, that's it. Yeah. There's a reason they call it the practice of medicine. Yeah. It is not perfected. I think it's horrible when they use that after they fucked up. Well, you know, I'm just practicing. It's the practice of medicine. When are it's you like, going to get yeah, proficient you're going to have this, to You're going to have know. to step your game up at some point. Yeah. Um, there should be a limit to how long you can practice before we can call you a doctor. Professional. Or a professional. Yeah. yeah. Like... Yeah. Like my an apprentice. And so my, yeah, my like like I said, the my doctor called me the most challenging immunological patient he'd ever had. So he could be worse. He could have called something way different. Yeah, he could have. <laughs> and I like like I wore that as a badge of honor. Like and I always said if you're gonna be sick you might as well be interesting. Right. So I definitely accomplished that. <laughs> um he's like, You're the worst patient ever. Yeah, you're basically. damn right. Yeah. So my platelets have crashed. They don't know what's going on. They jack up my steroids. They're basically trying everything. Yep. And uh, they result, they, they've done apheresis, which is basically, they put a massive catheter in your, the femoral artery in your, in your leg, uh -huh. take your blood out, clean it, and put it back into your body. This is like dialysis. Yeah, basically. Yep. It's basically dialysis. Yep. And so that didn't work. Playlists didn't recover after that. So they go to the next step, which is, okay, we think possibly your spleen is eating your platelets. <laughs> so we're going Delicious. to have to take you into surgery and cut out your spleen. So the surgeon was absolutely, he was really psyched about this because I had about 3,000 platelets at the time. Oh, Jesus. And you're supposed to have around 150 to 300,000. Oh, jeez. So he's worried about me bleeding out on the table. Um, but it comes out. And my platelets recover to about 75,000 in the first hour. Yeah. And in the second hour, they're back to 1,000. So, wasn't that? So, they took your spleen out. For basically no reason. For no reason. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need that. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, you're 18. You've got all this. Oh, well, I'm like 19 or 20 by now. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but basically, yeah. You're a young adult. You're I'm, young. I'm, you're I'm, a young man. Yeah. Well... Let's backtrack that a minute. I say you're a young man. But at this point, the yeah. transplant is done. Yes. You've already got... So who and was your donor? 100% My 100% match. And oddly enough, like, you're not supposed to know where they are uh -huh. in the world. But, like, a snowstorm hit the Carolinas. Okay. And my donor, like, they were ready for the transplant and they had to delay it because of weather issues. Yeah. So we have been able to narrow down the geographic location to like, so like, to find you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was able to figure out like where she was. So it was but a female. It is a woman yes. who is my hundred percent match, which is not the most common thing. Yeah. Um, and so basically, once they kill off my bone marrow and it seeds in my body, 
it starts to grow new marrow. Uh -huh. The stem cells grow new marrow, yeah. which is what produces all your blood cells mm -hmm. and uh, basically everything. So the fun part of, for that for me <laughs> is that now uh, on a chromosome test, I show up as a woman. Yes, he does. Uh, I have the paperwork somewhere at my parents' house. I don't know where it is. I wanted to get it framed, but like, you know, so, other shit kept happening. So, yeah. like, it just never occurred. I think but, the, the first time you told me that, I was like... Yeah, you stopped down for a minute on I'm that. I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> just, like, what? You're, yeah. you're, you're a woman. Like, or chromosomes are yeah. now female. If, if, they, yeah. if they test my blood, I show up as a woman. At least this is what, how it was explained to me. Yeah. And, um, and it changed your blood type. And it flipped my blood type as well. So yes. I started off as A positive, and now I am O positive. So God, the human body, I swear, amazing. It, it, it flipped Crazy. everything around. So I have to be careful and remember that, yeah, you're not A positive anymore. You're O positive. That's right. Make sure. And make sure yeah. you tell them if something ever happens. Um, and that was just funny because remember the last, I mean, that was the second trip, the last trip I was here when we were talking, you yeah. were telling me about all that. And I had made a comment about Dallas drivers are insane. Yeah. Like, I've used all my training from having California drivers, Which Arizona drivers, Arizona drivers, nuts. And then out here is like a combination between all of them but some of the women like everyone i pulled up it was like a woman so women drivers are just like outrageous out here and then you told me i resemble that remark <laughs> i am a woman driver technically. i was I, I and that was pretty funny so i was like just thought i'd share that with everybody there and yeah they, like i am yeah that's again the the amazing human body and what one what we can withstand and two you know, medical science has been able to yeah. remanufacture and, you know, this, like, yeah. Like, what's crazy is, I, I always think back to Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park when he says, yeah. life will find a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of medical science pushing it, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you put enough money behind, they'll find a way to figure something out. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, and that's, that's basically, I mean, I, who would think that a bone marrow transplant or a stem cell transplant is what's going to cure a blood cancer? But, yeah. yeah, it worked for me. And so... I wouldn't highly recommend it, but, you know... Yeah. It beats the alternative of not living. True. <laughs> I, I did the depressed thing, and that was boring enough for a while, so... How bad was that? Oh, that was bad. So those are your darker years than, like, you fell in and you oh, were like, Oh, like, this. I, yeah. Like, after I had gotten both hips replaced, both shoulders replaced, one shoulder twice, like, I, I was just in the place of something else is going to go wrong. I don't know when it's going to happen. But so you were just... Yeah, I was pretty much, I was resigned to the fact that nothing was going to happen in my life that was going to be positive, really. Yeah. Uh, that I uh, would likely die young and uh, sorry mom and dad but possibly of my own hand um, this was 
constantly in the back of my mind just because I, I, I was just in a dark, dark place. So and, suicide was definitely a thought at one point. And it, yes, and I could never, like I would never, I definitely wouldn't have done it just because I couldn't have done that to my parents. Yeah. Like especially after what they had done to me. My siblings, I was okay with you guys, but uh, <laughs> sorry, Sid. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I couldn't. I, I, yeah, but I. Yeah, well, suicide is very. It's very. Um, I mean, obviously, it's very selfish. It is a very selfish act, and that was one of the things that I, I could never wrap my hand around. Like, because you're especially. Someone's got to find you. Yeah, it, you know, and that was that was the thing that held me back. That was the thing that always stopped me. Yeah is my mom after you know staying with me in the hospital and you know nursing me back and like being my constant companion for how could i do this to someone who has done so much for me it's almost like the i mean it well it's proverbial the, the ultimate slap in the face and she's been really there is. for you yes night and day and You're i'm going off yourself easy, kill yourself yeah yeah the easy way out which i mean truthfully didn't seem that easy at the time but yeah it it yeah it was years and years of of being in that mindset of uh, i well, just I'm gonna die don't anyway. give a fuck yeah yeah i don't give a fuck i would literally take like a handful of pills and just zone out because pain was so bad that i just wanted to sleep for a couple of days and not have to deal with the pain yeah because my shoulders were we're at the point that it, they just hurt constantly and at such a high level that it, it, it just wasn't, it, yeah. And if you've dealt with chronic pain to where it's so bad and it's excruciating, yes. every waking hour, every day, you can't sleep. There you've is no comfortable no, position no to comfort. be in. No, there, then yeah. it's a real, it is a real, you thought, get, yeah, you know, you're like, I just don't want to be in pain anymore. And you sit there and you're just like, fuck, man. Like, maybe it would be easier. Maybe it would be easier if I just, if I wasn't here, you know, and, or I'm, I'm and then that leads to, well, I'm a burden on my all, family, you know, my family yes. and, and the medic. And then you start thinking logically like, oh, this is going to cost They so would be money. better financially. Exactly. There would be, maybe it would hurt initially, but They'll there would be it. less yeah. of an emotional hit. Yeah. 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 Th these are all things that I thought in my mind. I actually, uh, wh what was it? My second, my comp two class in at TCC at Tarrant County College, mm -hmm. uh, the community college that my mother works at and that I went to to get my basics out of the way. Yeah. Uh, we, oh, maybe it was a couple of, but anyway, uh, we read like a brief little blurb about The Fault in Our Stars, that yep, young yep. adult novel about basically kids with cancer yep. and um, like the blurb said something about how the author had hit it out of the park at knowing kind of how someone's thinking, especially a young person who's going yeah. through all this. And I was like, Oh, I got to read this to see if he actually did. And he did. He, he nailed it. And one of the lines that like still to this day is what I felt for the longest time was, um, the protagonist basically says, I'm a hand grenade and I'm eventually going to explode and destroy the people who are closest to me. Yeah. And I felt the exact same way. I'm actually getting emotional. Yeah. I felt the exact same way for the longest time. 
Yeah. And I withdrew as much as I could from my family and my friends yep. just because I, I didn't want to be, I just felt that it eventually I was going to explode. You, and didn't, you didn't want the, the, the collateral damage exactly. to affect these people. And because yeah. they're your loved ones. They're the ones that are not supposed to go through this with you. If that makes any sense. Like it's not yeah. supposed to be, it's not supposed to be like this. Like it's yeah. just not supposed to fucking be like this. Like, well, and I'm the oldest sibling too. And I always felt guilty about my brother kind of had to step up a little bit more yeah. than I think he probably should have. He probably maybe disagrees. I don't know. You can comment on this, Joel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Subscribe too. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe and like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that my physical medicine doctor had, because I was starting to like gain back weight, so okay. I was slowly creeping back towards th- 300 pounds. Okay. Like so, going all the way down to like 160 and creeping back yeah. up, just because you know, not doing anything. Yeah. And not exactly eating healthy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're starting to gain back weight. And my my physical medicine doctor, Dr. Amy Wilson, how do you? Um, Hi, Amy. Uh, she, phenomenal she, doctor. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, she min- immediately got my trust when she believed that my hips actually hurt. And she sent me for, like, it was three days into my visit at BIR. And I was yeah. like, oh, whatever you say, I'm doing from now on. Um, and she told me about a an adaptive gym that was literally five minutes from my house. Now, an adaptive gym is just designed for... It is basically for... for people who are mobility impaired. Yeah. So people in wheelchairs, okay. uh, quads or paras, uh, MS patients, stroke patients. Okay. Um, it's, it's adaptive equipment and um, people that are to help you out to, to help you work out. And... She had told me about it a few years before, and I went by and was like, I'm just not in the headspace. That wasn't, like, the rationale, but I just wasn't there. So I I didn't wind up doing it. Did you ever do, like, this isn't me? I'm not there yet. You know, I'm not. I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't vocalize, I didn't, I didn't think about it in that way, but I just, like, I, I didn't care and was in that, that dark place that I just, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh. Fuck this! I'm not doing that. Uh, and I got to, I got to about 290 pounds, and oh, wow. uh, I was like, I guess, sure, fine. So this was August of 2015. I was like, all right, I'll try it out. Uh-huh. And if you're in the Dallas area, Neuro Fitness Foundation in Euless, it's a good place. Spot on. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so. I started working out and got to the point where I was doing like 90 to, no, I was doing like almost 150 minutes on a, basically a stationary bike that I could pull my chair up to, mm-hmm. uh, like three times a week. So I would go just like 100 RPMs at, for 150 minutes. And you know, when you're doing that, uh, see weight starts to come off. Yeah. And then I realized, oh shit, my shoulder's not hurting as much either. Yeah. And oh, I'm not in this mindset of fuck it all. Yeah. And I'm actually becoming involved in like a community and like 
talking to people and doing things. Mm -hmm. And I started back to school and, uh, you know, wages keeps coming off and my mindset keeps getting better. And I start transitioning from the, the, I don't give a shit about anything to like, maybe there's, yeah, yeah. maybe I can make something out of this. Yeah. I can go to school. I can like my dream had always been working for John Stewart on the daily show. Then he That's left. Right. You That's bastard. Right. You bastard. <laughs> left. Trevor, you're doing a good job, but still, I love John. And, uh, now is that your woman talking? Or is <laughs> no, <kidding>? no. <laughs> I just, his man, he's, God, such a hair. wicked sense of humor. And he has I, amazing hair, too. So. He's got some pretty good hair. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I love, after 9-11, everybody, all the politicians wrapped themselves in the flag. Yeah. But they had to fight so hard, these 9-11 survivors, to get this their medical funding paid for. And mm. Jon Stewart got it done. And along with like other news outlets, like Shepard Smith uh, at Fox News, like they... they shamed lawmakers into actually paying for these firefighters who were getting these unbelievably terrible diseases. Yeah. Uh, but John Stewart, now it's John Oliver because John Stewart left, but uh, that's the dream. That's the dream. And sir. that's the dream gig. And so like I, I started community college. So yeah, I, yeah. I figured again. And, and I was I was realistic about it too. I uh -huh. like it had been twelve years since I had been in a classroom, and I so I like started with one class, and I was like, all right, we'll do a history class because I love history, yeah, and yeah. that is something that I'm massively passionate about. Yep. And so let's start with something I enjoy, and see how this goes. And I kind of fucked up a little bit because I got a hundred percent in that class. So it was like, oh, I got 100%. Great. Oh, there's nowhere left to go but down. <laughs> so a little bit, kind of screwed up a little bit. But I also have a, I also have a fucked up sense of mind, sense wow. of thought. So I, yeah, like birds I always of, birds I'm, of a feather. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So started with one class in like fall of 2016. Then I was like, all right. I think I can do this. So I added two classes in the spring of 2017. Baby steps. Yeah. Then I did two during the summer, during a, a single summer term, like a five-week session, which is a lot of work. And so... You're highly... I, yeah. Like, and I did a foreign language. One of the classes was a foreign language. So, it was, like, I liked it because it was every day of the week, but it, it was just a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but I realized, okay, I can do this. So then I start full time in the in the fall of 2017, and then haven't looked back since, and have now transferred over to University of North Texas, and am working at the television station, and am producing two of the noon news programs, um, and am looking to ex expand from there, and continue to to grow, yeah, and do more. Which is kind of cool because prior to us starting here. Yeah, he interviewed me. Yes, today, your, like prior to like today, prior like, to yeah. now, this like, like yeah, like yeah, like four hours ago. Yeah, yeah, I was on the opposite end of the camera, and he's interviewing me. Yeah, about 
everything that, you know, yeah. what led like, me to here. <laughs> areas, yeah. I figured this would be kind of an interesting story. I think it's a great story. I think it's pretty good. I mean, occasionally, you know. I mean, we're biased a little. Yeah. But it's my long flowing hair and boyish good looks. Exactly. I don't know. It's except for my, my voice right now. Yeah, all the allergies. <laughs> yeah, allergies are killing me, so. I'm not going to look forward to hearing myself today as far as well, what. Well, I know. never look forward to hearing myself. Like, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the, the guys who was in my uh, news producer's class uh -huh. last semester, like, we pitched a story and then we did it about the infrastructure around UNT, which, if anyone from UNT is watching, you need to step your game up because your sidewalks suck and I've been flipped several times oh, in my wheelchair. Man. Um, and that and so yeah so we did that story and it was basically my story and a lot of it was written by me and he's like who do you want to record the voiceover and i was like that's all you i'm not a fan of my voice yeah i i only get like okay with my voice if i'm doing stand-up or if i'm doing yeah and or i'll do this like like right now my voice is all jacked up because of my allergies but if I want it to be a really good, like, oh, I can do this and be like, hey, I'm going to do my whole interview just like this. I'm from Dallas, Texas, is Matt Valdez. You're watching Beyond the Ink. You know, and, and in the morning, I sound like Barry White. Yeah. I'm like. See, that's always <laughs> my, that, like, like, whenever I'm sick, like, that's the only thing I like is, like, my voice yes, actually drops dude, a couple octaves. I call and, so and, and score. I talk, I'm That's like, when I need to do my voicemail message. Yes. You know, like, hey, girl, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, it's just. That's like the that's the true shit, you know. Um, or I'll just call people and randomly sell shit, you know. Like, good evening. Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Uh, this is Matt, and I'm calling from. Uh, that's a pretty good news you know? voice too. If I was a, a news, yeah. I mean, I do have a face for radio, so yeah, I can. So true. <laughs> and I they can. don't exactly like both of us are hat people. They yes. don't exactly encourage hats on camera. Well, I'm a hat person because I have a pointy fucking head, and these are the only ones uh, that true. really just he does kinda, have a pointy head. Kind of mash mash it in there and looks somewhat normal, but but I do speak very fluent white boy. So <laughs> you know, and it's so funny because I'll talk to somebody on the phone, yeah, and I will speak to them a little more articulate than normal, you know, and then they see me, and they go, "You were the one on the phone, like." Wow, what and then the you go, how racist are you? Yeah, I'm all racist much. <laughs> so, like right now I'm working on, like I, I am producing two of the news broadcasts for at noon. Okay. And then I do whatever else basically is needed, so I'll help out with, like we're doing a live show. Uh, we did one last Thursday, and we're doing one next Thursday so I just like will help out and do whatever is needed of me proofread scripts and research cool. and whatever <laughs> you hear people in the background yeah yeah we're in tattoo shop folks um yeah I don't know how the audio is going to be especially but you know yeah and this fun. is the first time you first time I've had in to this do location this. that's right the first time uh, outside of your own outside studio. Outside of my own little studio. Yeah. And uh, there will be more. We're going to be traveling all over the place. Um, yeah, where's the, where's like a dream spot that you would still like to, like would you want to shoot in Milan? And I like, would love to that shoot. That would be amazing. I would love to shoot in Milan. I would love to shoot um, in Ireland, Alaska. See, Ireland. You know, I think like, it would be just, 
if like, I could go, if I could like go to like Vancouver, Scotland, beautiful. that would be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful scenery, excellent. Yeah, Ireland, definitely Scotland. Yeah. Just like the lush green. I think so. I mean, you know, shooting in an old prison would be pretty cool. I think it would that be, would be yeah. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. So Alcatraz, that would Alcatraz be, would be interesting. Would be a cool thing, you know. Uh, being from Can California you, and well, I mean, you know, like tattoo culture has gone through the prison system, and like that's such an still iconic, is. yeah, iconic facility that. I mean, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Have ghosts talking to you about what right? they got you'll hear, done. You'll hear it on on like. You know. Um, the white noise or anything. Yeah. Or, <sighs> what what did they like <clears throat> use to to make their tattoo machine? Like, wouldn't it like they would use like like a record player, like the, the Walkman? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the stylus from a record player, and they would the Walkman. I remember the Walkman was a big seeing thing. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many different ways to make a tattoo, or to actually make a tattoo machine. None of which I recommend, but yeah, it's probably, yeah, there are good. a lot of ways to do it. So, um, this is a spicy spot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as um, creating one, I would, I, would, I would love to shoot just in some cool spots, you know. Um, and I'm, I just want to go to a place where the stories are. So, the more historical, yeah. I mean, if you live in a good spot... And you want your story told, or you have a good story? Comment down below. Give me a little, uh, a little like, thumbs up, subscription, you know. Uh, <clears throat> and then, yeah, let us know. I mean, I'll travel. I travel everywhere, so I'll, I'll come to you. <laughs> Tagline. Yeah. I will come all over the place for you. No, I wouldn't do that. But I'm just probably a dad joke. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's a that's fucked a, up dad. That's a pretty fucked up father. Yeah. So. Uh, if you're still with us, I mean, it's a great story. I thank you, dude, for taking all your time and yeah. letting me not only create this, but your story is amazing. We'll probably have a part two, not going to lie. Um, yeah. And if you're still with us, like I said, down below, hit the like button, share it, comment, subscribe. subscribe. And if you want to be on Beyond the Ink, your story is good. Again, comment down below, email find us on on uh social media and uh yeah thanks again for hanging out with uh josh and i on beyond the ink we'll see you guys next time bye